In today's show, we're wrapping up the positional tiers series of shows by looking at centers across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We have done point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, power forwards. So, of course, it's time for centers in the positional tiers show. And to talk positional tiers, I am joined, of course, by the one and the only Matt Smith. Ah. Ah, Smitty. I remembered it. You remembered. Good work, Josh. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're here to talk uh, centers. If you want an explanation of the tiers, go back and listen to the small forward show or the point guard show where we talked about what the positional tiers mean and, and how we can utilize them in a draft. But Matt, let's let's just get straight into it. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised at tier one. We've got Big Chungus. No, no, no debate. No debate. No surprise. Um, the clear number one fantasy player last year, and the clear one going into this season as well. Um, just incredible points, rebounds, assists, good defensive numbers to give you a start, particularly in steals for a big man. Um, the field goal was through the roof as well. So it's pretty difficult to make a case for anybody else at number one this season. Let me make the case for you, Matt, because in the last two months of last season, when Jamal Murray went down. Jokic was not number one. Steph Curry was number one. Jokic was number two by a pretty significant margin, and his assists dropped by two over two per game in that time, uh, maybe because he didn't have that player like Murray that could score for him. Now, that was on the back of Curry hitting like seven threes a game and scoring 36 points per night, which is probably not going to happen. But it wasn't just Curry going ballistic. It was Jokic also taking a step back. So while we look at him and go, he was the runaway number one guy last year, and there is no argument about that because it's it's obviously true. And he's the guy that should go at number one this season, and that, I think, is true as well. But there is an argument that I can throw out there and, and say, well, maybe he isn't. Maybe Harden. Maybe Curry. Maybe someone else steps up. And if, if Jokic's assists do hold back a little bit like they did when Murray went out last season, then maybe he isn't the number one guy. It would be a big call to take to make or to take someone else over over Jokic. I mean, he was more valuable than Bradley Bill and Jason Tatum combined last season. Um, and maybe his drop off as well was just maybe fatigue and a long season and, you know, everything just catching up and Jokic just, you know, needing a break. Um, so maybe if they can, you know, decrease his minutes by one or two here and if there's some blowout games and just give some Jokic some rest throughout the season. So over the course of an 80-game season, an 82-game season, you know, that um, production is sustainable. He also played every game last year, which he's been remarkably durable, but all it takes is one tweaked ankle for shit to go awry. And uh, again, I don't think anyone is going to play 82 games this season. I'd be pretty surprised. Do you think anyone will play 82, Matt? Or anyone that's not named Tony Snell? I mean, someone will every or every year we see probably 10 to 15 players. There was only two last year, I think. 
a couple of years ago, there was, I think there was like sort of 15 to 20, but it has dropped off a bit. But I mean, so, someone will. I'm not going to give you a name because there's what 400 players to choose from, but it's a, it's a long shot. Let me, let's have a look. I want to have a look to see who played 72 last year, apart from Jokic. Let's have a look at, at who played those, if I can do that. I think it was only, I think it was, I think, I think it was Jokic and Dwayne Bacon, to be honest, which is <laughs> embarrassing. Um, yeah, Dwayne Bacon played 72 and so did Jokic. Yeah, Bacon will play zero this year, I'm pretty confident. Um, but yeah, I think they're the only two that played the actual all 72, remarkably. There was a few that played 71, but I'm scrolling through. Oh no, Justin Holiday played 72, my mistake. He was the third one. So there was oh, RJ Barrett, if it's a Zubats, oh, I'm wrong. Five guys, six guys. Duncan Robinson played 72. Well, I guess I was talking shit. Um, there you go. Those guys played 72 last mm-hmm. season, but... I don't know. It's just, I've, I'm, I'm embarrassed myself by, uh, by making that mistake. Let's go to tier two. Carl Anthony Towns. Matt, Chris Finch has a full season to work on this offense. I talked to Timberwolves last couple of days, and they said they think they're going to see a lot more of the ball run through Towns with Finch in charge for that preseason. I'm pretty pumped to see where Towns, what, what he can do this year. He is falling in drafts a lot. You can get him at the back end of the first round, pick nine or 10, and that feels insane to me. It is insane. I've said on the podcast before that I have him in that four or five range. I think he's in for a huge year. Um, the five assists around there per game. Um, you know, we know his elite efficiency. The threes as well. We went ballistic a couple of years ago and just started shooting threes from nowhere. Um, I don't have any real concerns around his injuries heading into this season either. So I think he's a, a pretty, pretty safe and a, and a really good top five pick. Yep, no, absolutely no worries with him going in the top five. Would you take him or Lillard? This is where I have them interchangeable. Normally, and I've said this before, normally I target the point guard first because I love getting those elite assists. This season, if you're taking Towns, then trying to back that up with a Trey Young, with a Van Vliet, with a Lamelo Ball is really tempting. So I kind of like that combination a little bit more than I do, say, a Lillard and a Bam or a Lillard and a Vucevic. So I'm slightly leaning Carl Anthony Towns at four and Lillard at five. Yeah, and you can also you could also take like a Sabonis if you wanted more assists at another big... Because look, those guys could average between them 10 or 11 assists per game between a Sabonis and a Towns as well. Uh, and then you can get a point guard like a De'Aaron Fox, Lamello ball. You maybe ball slides to the middle of the round three. You never know. De'Aaron Fox is in that area. You get Jamaran who get eight, nine assists and get him later, although he's going way too early in, in my opinion. But you'll see him slide in some situation. So I'd probably take Towns over Lillard as well. Um, I don't think that's a popular opinion because I believe Lillard's ranking is higher than Towns. Yeah, it is on most places. Um, but yeah, I'd go that direction too. Tier three. There's one bloke here. It's Joel Embiid. Of course, the concerns are going to be games played. He did play, he plays back-to-backs, so we don't have that worry, but he, of course, just always something seems to go wrong with his knee or, or his back, and he will miss some time, but he does play back-to-backs now. The minutes will be pretty good. Um, I don't, like, you could say that Simmons going will improve his game. I don't really think that actually impacts him much. Simmons is not a high-usage player, and Embiid's usage is already super high. I don't think it's going to impact him too much, but he's really, really strong at that back-end first round. Is he? Would you, have, do you just avoid him, Matt, because of the injury risk? I wouldn't avoid him, no. Um, on a per-game basis, we have him coming out at, at five, which is good. Once again, then you change that to total value and that brings him back down the list. If I was picking at the turn, I wouldn't have any issue picking a Beal and an Embiid, a Paul George and Embiid, 
Um, if Luca slides, you know, him as well. I think if you're going maybe a Kyrie Irving or a Jimmy Butler and Embiid, that for me is a little bit too much risk, um, particularly in head-to-head. In Roto, we might be able to get away with it in those games played. But, um, yeah, I'd, I think, like I said, on that turn, somewhere 11, 12, 13, 14, no issue taking Joel Embiid there. And and it need, all Joel Embiid needs is a 70-game season, a 75-game season. And this time next year, we are talking about him as a top-five pick. He was fifth on a per game basis last year, playing thirty one minutes a night. Like if he plays thirty three and plays seventy games, and yeah, like he's probably a top three guy. You're right; it's, it's, he's going to go insane in that sort of scenario. But again, the health is what what holds him back. Maybe you like watching Joel Embiid games live on your TV, but then you've got live TV here, then you've got your on demand shows through another app, and then you've got highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbors log in for other shows. There's so much stuff; it becomes clutter, it becomes confusion. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Streaming. It brings your live TV and on demand shows together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows movies and sports all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there is no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that is directtv.com compatible device required and content varies by package tier four we have got two guys in this list bam out of bio and uh it's Vucevic. Yes, yes, that that is who it is. Nikola Vucevic for the Chicago Bulls. Bam out of bye. Now, both of these guys have players coming into the team. DeRozan coming to Chicago. Kyle Lowry coming to Miami. So it'll be interesting to see how that is dealt with. Now, Vuce was insanely good last year, Matt. He was, what, the 13th ranked player? Um We've got them next to each other. He was significantly ahead of Bam, but we've got him pushing back just because of that DeRozan arrival. Do you think these are... Uh, yeah, they're second-round picks, but are they top 20 second-round picks, or do you want to slide a little bit further? No, I think, they, I think they're close. Um, like I said before, if you're taking your point guard, you know, that Lillard at, at five, then I think you can target, you know, probably Anthony Davis first and then Bam and Vucevic um, in particular if you want to bookend your team. Um I do have some concerns around both of them for, like you said, the players coming on board and maybe that takes, you know, a cut touch or two away. Um, Lowry in particular, maybe that takes an assist away from Bam Vucevic. Does that decrease his scoring a little bit with DeRozan coming as well? So there are a couple of concerns around both of them, but I don't think these guys are going to slide from, say, 20th to 30th. They might slide, you know, to 25, 26. I don't think they're going to, you know, drop down the rankings significantly. No, neither do I. I, I think you'll get, you're where to slide and more so for Vooch than for Bam. But yeah, you're not letting them get out of the second round. Interestingly, yeah, Vooch, everyone's like, oh man, he just, he, he's so reliable. You remember, he couldn't stay healthy at all. If, you know, about three or four years ago, he was constantly hurt, had you know, persistent Achilles and ankle problems with the Magic, and now he's the guy that everyone's relying upon to stay healthy, and it shows how quickly that narrative can change. Tier 5, we have got Rudy Gobert. We have also got Rashawn Holmes. Now, people look at that and go, those two players aren't the same, but for fantasy, Holmes provides unbelievable value, and you do not draft these guys anywhere near the same level. Holmes will fall significantly lower than this, and he is... One of those guys that's consistently a sleeper, ranked 86th on ESPN. Yahoo has woken up and put him at 42. But Matt, and I know you love to look at this, his ADP hasn't adjusted yet, but it will. It's still at 73. But 
86 on ESPN, and people are actually drafting him lower than his rank. His ADP is 98. So they're seeing him at the top of that list and going, nah, nah, we don't want Rashawn Holmes. So obviously, the heads are in their asses somewhere over there because he is a really, really impactful fantasy guy. And there is scope for him to get better because if he plays 34 a night, he can actually be better than this. He can. Um, I like Gaber out of the two and would probably Same. take him in that 25 to 30-ish range. Um, and then Rashawn Holmes, maybe sort of that 40 to 50 type range. Holmes could maybe push down into the, the next tier. Um, but yeah, we know what Rudy Gobert is and the elite blocks. Rashawn Holmes, good blocks, great um, field goal percentage in particular. Um, so yeah, a couple of nice big men here. Yeah, Rudy gets dinged because of the poor free throw. So if you're, you're happy to punt that, then he just does jump up higher than this. And the reason I've got Holmes pushing up a little bit more, he's only played 29 minutes a game last year. And I think, finally, I hope, Rich, uh, what's his name? Luke Walton figures it out and goes, oh, we just need to play him more minutes. We don't need bullshit of Tristan Thompson or Alex Lynn out there. Like, let's just give our best player after we've given him this contract. Not, not their best player, sorry, their best center, um, their second best player. The, the minutes that, actually can help us win some games rather than giving him to spuds like uh, like Alex Len. Coming off the bench, tier six, DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson, who you probably could have had in, in the power forward tier, but he's here now, and big Yusuf Nurkic. Ayton, Matt, let's get a Suns perspective on this because he was very disappointing last regular season, but he did turn it up in the playoffs. So a lot of people are saying, well, that's it. The light switch has flicked. It's all happening for Ayton, and we're expecting playoff Ayton in the regular season. Do you think that's a realistic possibility? I, not for a the whole period of the season. I think there'll be parts where, again, DeAndre Ayton is really good. I think there'll be parts where DeAndre Ayton just tapers off a little bit. I think in a couple of seasons' time, we hope and we want DeAndre Ayton to be that guy across you know 82 games where he can put up 20 and 10 and one and a half blocks and really good efficiency. Um, and Jaron Jackson Jr., like I said, probably in power forwards, but coming back, Hardly played last season. We really need to see um, some consistency from him. Yusuf Nurkic, I like him for a bounce-back season as well. Um, so, yeah, some really good big men. Like I said, if you've missed out early or if you need another one, um, yeah, some really good options in this range. And there is a lot of big men, and we'll see again in the next tier and next couple of years. There's a massive run of big men um, sort of in that. 40 to probably 60, 65 range. Absolute shitloads. And, but guys like Jackson and Nurkic, they're like you know, 80, 90 in rank. They will slide. You do not take them ahead of DeAndre Ayton. You can easily get both of those guys. You, you can get maybe not all three because Nurkic and Jackson are getting drafted a similar spot. N- Jackson, you'll see, push up into the 50s. I think Nurkic, again, hated how he was used last year. He was obviously out of shape. Um, then had the broken wrist and then hurt his calf again and the injuries killed him. But I think he's going to have a really, really big season this year and you can get him at, at a pretty sizable discount coming up. Tier do 7, you, bunch of guys. You, Go ahead. Josh, Josh, do you take Holmes over Aiton? Huh. Ooh, I'm just going to have a look to see where I've got him projected. I actually, ooh, looking at, yeah, I think maybe I do take Aiton. I just think the the scoring upside is higher for him. And in general, if there is closeness between guys, I will tend to lean towards the scoring. Mm-hmm. But again, that's going to depend on what I did earlier on with some of my earlier picks, whether I'm punting points or whether I'm super strong in it or whether I need a boost there as well. I probably do take Aiton um, ahead of ahead of Holmes, but it's pretty close. And then Holmes ahead of Nurkic? Yep, yep. And I can get Nurkic later on. But even though I, th- I think Nurkic's upside is higher than Holmes, 
yep. yeah, the chance of him getting there is maybe not quite where where it needs to be. This next tier is really interesting. This is where you talk about all these centers, yeah, just blowing up and 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 coming off the board. We've got Miles Turner, who's uh, unbelievably ranked outside the top 100 on ESPN. We've got the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams. There's Clint Capella. There's Jonas Valanciunas and uh, Big Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Isaiah Stewart you can get real late as well. So uh, depending on your turn, you might find late as well. Turner you might find early, but Stewart you can get really late. I'm pretty excited about what he can bring this season. Do you have a preference with these guys? Because Rob Williams you could go at 100. If your league's not switched on, you could go at 30 if your league is really super aggressive. So big ranges for a lot of these guys. Yeah, they are. And we should point out that there is a... I haven't looked at tier eight, but I think there's only one guy in there. And there is a big drop off between this tier and the next tier. So make note of that. Robert Williams, I think if you are going to draft him in the third round, I think that's a big mistake. I think apart from Rudy Gobert, when people have targeted elite blocks early... Shout out to Mitchell Robinson. Yes, and I've got four names for you, Josh, and Mitchell Robinson is one of them. The other one is Miles Turner, who people were trying to draft early last season and the season before, it didn't work out. Newlands Noel, you can throw into that mix. And going back for the old school fantasy players, Larry Sanders as well. You know, <laughs> All of those guys who people have targeted early to get elite blocks, it has backfired. So that is my concern around Robert Williams if you are going after him in the third and fourth round. If you can get him in the fifth and sixth, by all means, go for it. Plenty of upside there. Miles Turner, elite blocks. Clint Capella, elite blocks. Valentinus, elite efficiency. Um, Isaiah Stewart, love what he can offer as well this season. So um, a really, really good group of, of players and centers. Yahoo's brought Rob Williams' rank into 55. It was His ADP is 95, so it was way lower than that. But on ESPN, he's still well outside the top 100. Um, so you might be able to get him as a steal there. But you, you hear of competitive leagues where he goes in the third round. And again, it's too high. You're right. Because if he doesn't block big shots and if the field goal percentage drops five percentage points, then what, what the hell else is he doing? He's not bringing those numbers. And the same with Turner. Like if you look to get him at the 3.4 blocks that he blocked last year, it's just insane. Like you're not expecting that. He still might lead the league at 2.6 blocks per game. And that is a huge, huge drop from where he was last season. And, and that's a possibility. I think Capella is probably the most stable of these guys. That we, we hope. And, and Valanciunas, I don't know. Is he going to need 28 minutes or will he play 24 minutes in New Orleans? Uh, the Lockdown Pelicans host thinks he's more in that 24-25 range versus the 28 that he played in Memphis. So he could be full, full way up. And I'm pretty excited about what Stewart can bring as a 27-28 you know, minute a night starter with upside to push to 32 depending on how they deploy him and uh, and Kali Olenek in that role. Tier 8, you mentioned it, Matt. There's one bloke here. Perennially underrated Yucca Pertle. Yeah, and like I said, a massive drop-off. So, um, yeah, target your centers in that sort of sixth, seventh tier, which we're, like I said, we're talking, you know, probably 40 to 60 range. Um, and then you can grab some other positions and some other guys. Then if you need blocks late, um, yeah, Jakob Pertl is, is a great option. Um, good rebounding, you know, strong field goal again. How's his the, free throws? Free throws aren't good. Um, when did he hit so 30, 40% or something last year? Yeah, low volume, so it doesn't hurt you as much as you Clint Capellas and Rudy Gobert's and those guys. But um, yeah, it is something to be aware of. But yeah, the, the elite blocks are there for sure. I think he closed out last season going at 70% over the last six weeks or eight weeks of the season. So maybe that's a level of hope, but it was atrocious. But you're right, the low volume doesn't make it a complete disaster to get Pirtle. He is one of the best defensive big men in the entire game. He's not losing minutes to Jock Landale as much as we might think that Landale's great because he played on our... 
Olympic team here in Australia. He's not losing minutes to Jock Landale or to Drew Eubanks. Yeah, he is that guy. He is their foundational defensive piece, and he will play his minutes. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. Now, if we go to Tier 9, you thought the Tier 7 was uh, chockers. Matt, Tier 9 is absolutely bursting at the ball sack. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and like I said, so in that maybe 60 to 80 range, we're targeting other players, other positions, getting to 80 to 100. Um, plenty of options here. Jarrah Allen, Derek Favors, Evan Mobley, Kelly Olenek, Daniel Gafford, Brooke Lopez, Mitch Robinson, Mason Plumley. a whole range of different sort of centers, some elite shot blockers, some good scorers. Evan Mobley, the rookie with some upside, Brooke Lopez, maybe sliding down the rankings a little bit. Um, do you have maybe one or two in particular who you would be targeting here? I was just going to ask you that same question. So, uh, all right, who would, who would I target out of that group? Well, there is question marks out of all of them, for sure. It's probably Allen. Mm-hmm. It's probably Allen or, or Mitchell Robinson because, again, I, I look at Lopez and go, well, he's not going to get better. All right, Linux got the challenge of Stewart. Favors could get shut down at any point, and I wouldn't be taking him with these guys. He let him slide later on. Um, Mobley, I think it's going to be a slow start. Gafford, there's three centers in Washington when Bryant comes back. Who knows how that goes? Plumley, they just might play Washington more there. So I think all of them who are going to get 30 minutes is probably going to be. It's probably going to be Allen out of that group. So that would be who I would look at. You? Yes, I agree. Yeah, I like Jarrett Allen the most. I think. The ceiling is there, but the floor is also there and, and the minutes. Um, Derek Favors, yeah, shut down. Mobley, we don't know what we're going to get. Gafford, how much playing time. Brooke Lopez, like I said, is sliding. Mitch Robinson, Tom Sherwood, Nealon's Noel, Mason Plumley, Yeah, playing time concerns. So, um, yeah, Jarrett Allen is the one in that 90-100 range. He, um, he's the one I'll be targeting. After thinking about which player I wanted in that area, I'm, I'm, I'm out of energy and I need to replace it by getting a delicious Bilt Bar. I'm going to go downstairs after this, Matt, and I'm going to enjoy my last, my final Bilt Bar. I'm going to go taste that. It's coconut flavor. It's going to be beautiful. I can't wait. But if you want to get your hands on a Bilt Bar, go to Bilt.com and you can find the best tasting protein bar ever, whether it's coconut, cookies and cream, mint, orange, raspberry, strawberry, German chocolate, whatever flavor it is that you like. Bilt Bar has it for you. And these are not just delicious. They are good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein. 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. So go to locked, not don't go to locked, go to built.com and use the promo code locked15, and that will save you 15% off your order at built.com. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. Football is ready to go. I think by the time you listen to this, the first game of the season has already started, but if not, you can go put a bet on it at Bet Online, which is the place to go for pro and college football action this season. You can get updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. If you are listening to this before the opening night game, make sure you use their opening night super promo where you can put a bet on and get refunded up to $25 by using the promo code NFL100 as a new customer. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from basketball, boxing, Football, even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the offers they've got for the 2021 season. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, a couple of tiers to go here, Matt, for centers. Tier 10, Al Horford, Wendell Carter Jr., and Nerlens Noel. One of those guys is a backup, and that's Noel. One of those guys might be a backup, and that's Wendell Carter Jr. And the third guy might also be a backup in Al Horford in terms of what he does in Boston. So how that those position battles all figure out in preseason and training camp is going to be really, really important to see. Who do you think has got the highest upside out of that group? Yeah, that's a really tough one. I 
I do still like Wendell Carter Jr.'s game as a whole um, and think he can have some nice fantasy value. I just um, worry about how him and Bumber are, are going to be used. Yellen's Noel or Noel we saw last season um, elite defensive numbers when Mitch Robinson went down. Um, and Al Horford, yeah, I tend to tend to stay away from him just for the age and the rest risk. Uh, might be some some good lines early and maybe a sell high opportunity, but over the course of the season, um, just don't think he'll have that sustainability. One thing we know about Al Horford is he will not be shut down this season. That is not going to happen. He might get hurt. That can happen to anybody at any point, but he's not going to be like, Al, go home and uh, you're helping us be too good, like uh, like happened for him with the Thunder last season. Tier 11, it is the guy who is challenging Wendell Carter Jr. for that playing time in Orlando. Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic thinks that it will be Carter's job and he'll get the bulk of those minutes. But if they play equal minutes, Mo Bamba is the guy that you want. He is a better fantasy contributor on a per-minute basis. And then there's also Montrez Harrell here who, Matt, he could play 28 minutes a night in Washington, or legitimately they could say Gafford and Brian are our centers and Harold, we just don't need you here. Like you're an expiring deal and you're not part of our future. So it's really up in the air um, for for both Harold and Bumper, probably even more so for Harold though. Yeah, and like we mentioned in the power forward tiers, there's just probably six or seven guys there in that front court who can who can go through and wait to see how the rotation plays out and Thomas Bryant coming back from injury at some point. Mo, Mo Bumba. How are they going to split those minutes? I know you just said that, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. potentially with your locked on contact there and, you know, he'll get the, the lion's share. But what happens if it doesn't work out? Do they go to Mo Bumba? Do they just try to play them or give them a timeshare early on and then work it out and see which one is better? Is it a matchup thing? Is it like, how is that going to work? It's messy as shit. Like, i got no idea how it's going to work out. I, I think that they start like a 26-22 situation, but it's a new coach. We don't. We know Steve Clifford hated Mo Bumba. We know that. We don't know what Jamal Mosley thinks of him. He might hate him as well. He might hate him even more. And they've got a third center in Robin Lopez who's actually useful. So if they say, well, Bumba, look, you, you just, you can't be out there on NBA court and we don't think you can actually develop. Like, he might be out of the rotation or they might say, my God, your guy, you're, you're averaging three blocks a game. You're playing a lot more now. It, it is all over the place. The problem with Bumber is he's been a bad defender and a bad shooter three three years of his career. And he's been hurt a lot as well. But if it comes together, then the, the skill set is all there to become like a 35% three-point shooter who blocks two and a half shots per game and, and grabs some boards. I would happily take the risk on Bumber and Carter late in a draft. And I think both of them are actually undervalued in terms of where their, their current rankings are on sites. And you can get them in round 12, round 13 and see how it works out. But I have uh, almost as low a confidence in how that works out as I do as anything in the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And both of those guys could go undrafted. So you're really going to have to watch that situation in the first couple of weeks. And one of them in particular, if they do get more minutes than the other, could be that hot um, waiver wire pickup that we need to go after really early. Absolutely. Last tier. I've only got one bloke in this group, and that is Ivica Zubats. I don't know what they're going to do with Serge Ibaka. Um, whether he's going to be ready to go or not. Zubats is fine, Matt. If he played 30 minutes a night, he'd probably jump a couple of tiers up here, but there is always some struggles with him getting that much playing time, but he's just like a, a solid guy at this point in the draft. Yeah, he is. Um, like you said, unfortunately, he doesn't get 28 or 30 minutes a night that could really bump him up. Um, sits around 20, 22. Yeah, a nice guy if you need some rebounds and some field goal efficiency, but unfortunately that playing time isn't there, which will keep him off rosters, um, you know, for any length of time. That'll do it. Matt, position tiers are done. 
five of them in the books for another year. Good to, good to chat with you again about the positional tiers. Thanks for uh, coming on to my show, Josh. It's been uh, really good having you on. And yeah, if anyone hasn't been over on Basketball Monster before, come and check it out. Um, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. We've got Josh and Carl doing updating their projections daily. We've got um, various tools. We've got the best draft tracker in the business. We've got articles throughout the season and live chats with me, projections, um, as I said, you know, trade tools, schedule analyzer, which is awesome as well. So if you haven't given it a go, come over, jump on. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be well worth it. I'm also less likely to tell people in the comments on Basketball Monster to fuck off, which I am, uh, which I which I do on Twitter all the time. So just yeah, you get a bit more of a safer place where you, you get probably less less of the. Uh, the, the aggression that maybe sometimes I will show on the Twitter account. Matt, follow, follow Matt on Twitter at S-Man Sports. I'm at RedRock underscore Beeble. If you want to be told to fuck off, you can, you can join me over there as well. And that'll do it for us today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Hit thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe, ring the notification bell. Guys, in fact, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.